Welcome to the podcast where we talk all about love. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Carly Ann. Let's be honest, nobody taught us about the challenges that come with finding and keeping healthy, happy relationships. Nobody warned us of the courage that you need to put yourself out there when dating, or gave us the tools to manage anxiety, or told us what the hell to do when we got ghosted. As two coaches working in this space, we want to open up the conversation and give our take into the real, messy, amazing, sometimes tiring and frustrating, but mainly an extraordinary journey that comes with creating the secure, lasting relationships that you deserve. Welcome back to All About Love, the dating, healing and attachment podcast. Caitlin? Yes? blending into the chair today as you just said if you're on YouTube you can see I know I've got like the most comfortable jumper on ever but it does match the chair I feel like I'm in like a very like relaxed vibe today yeah feeling quite zen feeling quite chilled which is actually a great time to talk about our topic yes as we are going to do a whole episode on how to self-soothe when an abandonment wound is triggered. A bit about how to get into regulation, self-soothing and things like that. So today we really want to talk to you about what is an abandonment wound and what it looks like. And then please stay tuned for the six tips of what you can practically do when your insecurity is triggered. So when your anxiety is triggered or when you want to withdraw what you can start to do instead so Carly sorry just stared at you (laughs) (laughs) sorry should we go in and what is an abandonment wound and what is self-soothing yeah yeah it's a good place to start so abandonment wound is that wound that fear of being left being as it sounds abandoned Mm. being rejected it is something within you that just fears that someone is going to leave you behind. And for me, it's important to note that that abandonment wound is rooted in the past, whether it's, you know, let's say predominantly childhood or other kind of formative experiences or even romantic relationships. And when it gets triggered, you're kind of frozen in time. I like to think about it. So you go back to the feeling of then, you go back to the pain of then, and you sometimes can really struggle to get out of that but I also think when we have abandonment wounds it manifests quite a lot in current relationships so we might be worried we might be afraid of conflict or rejection or being unwanted so as a result of that you know we could people please we could self-abandon we might struggle to set boundaries we might rush the process chase unavailable people like you know, or kind of go into more of the overcompensation, so the overtexting, the having to secure the relationship, the rushing the process. Again, it goes back to like whatever you need to do to try and feel secure so they don't leave. Yeah, we and this, naturally this do. doesn't apply to this, whatever your relationship status, mm. right? And something that I feel is like coming up and is really important just to know is that none of us want to be abandoned and naturally as humans we do fear being left we do fear being rejected that's really natural but what we want to talk about today is perhaps when you're someone who struggles to come back to yourself after that fear so you know let's say if you're dating and someone cancels a date or you feel someone pulling back 
on the one hand, we're all going to notice that. We can all feel disappointed. We can all feel fearful about what this means, about the Mm. situation. But some of us are going to struggle to bring ourselves back to a state where we can think a little bit clearer, where we can move on with our day, function at work, you know, just get on with things. And some of us will fully lose ourselves over that fear of possibly being abandoned. Oh my God, waiting for the text back. Yeah. That's and there's that level, isn't one. it? It's the severity where it's natural to wait for that text back, but how how dysregulated do you become? Mm. Yeah. I think that's the question is, and, and you know, that's something for you to ask yourself is, do you feel that you get dysregulated to a normal amount or does it feel excessive? And I agree. And I think I said this in the attachment episode, but it's really interesting looking at abandonment wounds, especially when dating, because when you're in that relationship, yes, you tr- can be triggered massively, but you usually have the security of them coming back or you've got a past evidence that they're going to be there right but whereas dating it becomes this whole horrible area of uncertainty and we can't cope with that natural uncertainty that comes with dating because we are on hyper alert to being left so I think if you are dating at the moment we've got you we feel you and even if you're not start practicing the tips I think that we can give you so when you do get triggered it becomes a hell of a lot easier guys to actually be able to regulate yourself yeah because I think that's a really good point isn't it Mm. like if we were to pinpoint some typical times that people might feel their abandonment wound flare up maybe it is when something's come to an end breakups your partner going away your partner choosing something else over you Mm. in this moment or this weekend your date cancelling your date not texting as frequently whatever it is as soon as you fear the ending and let's be honest when you're in this state please remember as Carly just said you're driven by fear so it's a fear response right whatever you do after is a coping mechanism and we need to have so much compassion for ourselves in that moment because you're scared you're you're at the bottom line you're frightened of what's to come you're frightened of being unseen or not good enough or unimportant like there is a little part of you that is scared and we need to look after that little part yeah and as always tell us like briefly if, if we're able to do briefly tell us mm. briefly about your experience of yeah fearing abandonment or being left my abandonment issues came out in the people I was choosing mm. so I was always chasing unavailable men And that's because there was actually no real chance of it turning into anything. They couldn't abandon you. No, they couldn't abandon me because they were never mine in the first place. But the feeling was the same. So you were always being disappointed. You were always kind of being left but not left. There was never actually any real, like fear of of having to be myself of having to be seen and for me it was a lot scarier to date somebody who I did like who liked me and who saw me for what I was that vulnerability was so much more frightening because then there literally was the possibility hang on this person could see who you are see the real you and reject you yeah and leave yeah so that was what it kind of that was my experience of it I'd say that constant chasing And of course, like, you know, you wouldn't want to rock the boat, wouldn't speak up because they didn't want to, 
you know, put anybody off or, you know, you'd start to kind of mould yourself a little bit, wouldn't you, to be what they wanted and things like that and, you know, ignoring the red flags. I can relate to most, well, I would say I can relate to, yeah, (laughs) 90% of that I can relate to. And I guess like another difference or maybe you can relate to it as well is probably just that quick jumping to conclusions that I can Mm. have that this is going to mean the end or this person is leaving and whatever that can look like usually that's what I would be expecting expecting that somehow relationships don't last yeah there's something in it isn't it like always expecting the worst and this is what I hear a lot from clients as well they rarely meet people they like so when they do that obsession takes over but you're constantly in that state of waiting for the shoe to drop yeah so you're waiting for them to go you're waiting for it to end even when it's good even when it's good yeah yeah. exactly and that's why we want to rush forward and try and like secure the relationship yeah just don't abandon me yeah but that all stems guys from that fear of being left or rejected or whatever Mm. our fear of this question for you fear of abandonment fear of rejection the same yeah i mean because they're always talking about the different wounds aren't they yeah but I always think they're quite similar I think they're quite similar it's just probably I don't know let's think of rejection probably easier to relate to work or something Mm. but ultimately you just you just look inwards and see what are your reactions and even these self-soothing self-soothing skills here that we're about to talk about they're going to apply to so many areas of our lives so in terms of self-soothing what what is it so for me when we think about when we've been triggered by like an abandonment wound we are our body our nervous system gets stuck in a state of fight flight fight or freeze and we might not have had the experience or learned the experience have been taught of how to get ourselves out of that and make ourselves feel safe and okay so for me self-soothing and regulation is basically what can you do to feel okay in that moment and use say slightly more healthy tools to take responsibility for that feeling and literally soothe yourself I like in my head then was just like kind of stroking my little shoulders like giving yourself a hug like it's that calm down you're going to be okay so it's the tools of what we can learn to do because we haven't all been taught how to do that the stand you know usually what you would hope is you're taught what as a child how to soothe yourself through other people and through yourself but if you haven't had that experience or let's say you did have that but you had a very you had an abusive relationship we had very toxic patterns or whatever that can kind of be chipped away so you've got to relearn it's like to calm down yeah like teaching yourself to calm down and of course in this episode with it's self-soothing so we're talking about how to calm ourselves down we will automatically try and look for somebody else to calm us down to self-soothe us rather than creating that safety within ourselves especially if you're someone that's anxious yes definitely but the issue is and the kicker is chances are your romantic partner might not be able to give you everything you need in that moment so that's why it's so important to look within and to build these tools because they're going to go away at some point yeah they're going to be out the house you're going to be rejected at some point yeah they're going to say no someone is going to ghost you if you're dating yeah and do you know what I always say is the amount so if we're talking about if you are someone who feels like you struggle to self-soothe especially because you feel like you need someone else 
to text back or to calm you down or to give you that love to meet that need I always say the amount that you feel like you need someone else is usually the amount that you need yourself Mm. that you need yourself in that moment of course when we were younger and as children we needed an adult that's absolutely true as an adult it's not so true we do need people obviously but not in the same way and there are times where there is no one else around there are times maybe it's three o'clock in the morning maybe it's a Sunday afternoon whatever it is there's times where there's no one else around and we have ourselves yeah which nicely brings us on to the tips for self-soothing when triggered yeah so I would just caveat this with doing this work, as you guys know, is not a quick fix. It is a process of like finding who we are, of kind of looking at authenticity and of coming home to ourselves. And whilst we're doing this work, it doesn't mean that we're never going to be triggered. Okay. You don't get to a point where you're so healed or whatever you want to call it that nobody ever pisses you off or you never get activated. So actually it can be really interesting to look at when we are triggered as a kind of source of like knowledge and understanding our patterns and seeing what we need on the inside seeing what kind of where we do need a bit more love or attention and what is going on internally yeah absolutely so like I feel like you can really see things are changing Mm -hmm. when you can go inwards first okay so what's your number one number one I'm sure if you're listening to this episode, it's possible you've already Googled self-soothing, you've already listened to some things perhaps, and you're going to come across a very familiar tip across the board, which is awareness to acknowledge that you're in this state. I feel like it's really, really important that when you're activated, when you're triggered, that you can sense and acknowledge, I am currently triggered or something Mm. in me is activated right now. That itself, that slight acknowledgement is actually a bit of presence. I think it's Eckhart Tolle, he says like, even if you're in it, you're super stressed, lost yourself, gone somewhere else. If you have a moment of saying, okay, I listened to Caitlin and Carly's podcast, what is it that they said? That's a moment of presence. That was a moment of coming out of it. If you're a ruminator and you have a moment of thinking I know I'm ruminating but I can't get out of it Mm. that is a moment of presence and that really counts so even if you think I can't do it in the moment if you can just acknowledge I'm in it this is happening this is exactly what I've been working on and if you pop back into it and then you come back out and keep having this conversation that moment of acknowledgement is so powerful and we just can't undervalue it would you say that's the same do you have to go into like being able to name what you feel do you have to go into doing that or is it just simply acknowledging that you feel triggered about something i'm not sure what it is yeah this is going to depend on isn't it on where you are right now so in an ideal state we're then going to shift in being and like what i feel and where i feel it Mm. and, and what is it that's being triggered But ultimately, even to get there, to be able to acknowledge what is the feeling, we have to first say, like, this is it, I'm in it. And the sooner we can acknowledge that this is the triggered state, whatever sign it is we've had, like, my face goes really numb, like, whatever the sign is, if you can acknowledge that you're in it, the sooner the better. The sooner you acknowledge, the less chance you have of spiralling. 
so interesting isn't it because I used to really piss me off when you'd be like just sit just sit with how you're feeling because I would be like okay but what's the fix what's what the do doing do? what do I do yes. how do I get out of it but actually you're right it's the acknowledgement and the trigger trigger and then if you can name emotions or see what's going on in your body not to have to do anything just to have that awareness yeah do you know how powerful it is when we just say this is my abandonment wound Mm. like this is happening because I'm triggered right now Mm -hmm. I think that is so incredibly powerful it can mean like that thought of like whatever the thought is that you're having it can just give you a little bit of power over that and also not making it about the other person exactly it takes the power away from them doesn't it about especially if you're dating you know it's not about the weirdo that you've like been on one date with the fact that they haven't texted you it's not about them stop giving them that power yeah I think it's really powerful like in that moment even if that acknowledge this is where it starts to go to new levels isn't Mm. it but once you have that acknowledgement over time you're going to know what your acknowledgement looks like and what it sounds like and I remember I used to say like something along the lines of I am stronger than this wound Mm. and I again I got that I think I got that from somewhere but it would be like I'm stronger than this wound so having that little mantra of just even seeing what's happening seeing what's going on acknowledging that it's not them this is your wound yeah or whatever you want to call it this is the moment I've been working for yeah some people will hate the term wound yeah well I get a bit like every time I say it I don't know why wound what would you rather use (laughs) I don't know but that's obviously that's my thing isn't it it's like the wound I think it's because you never want to acknowledge that you're wounded um yeah but we're all wounded we're all wounded I know we're wounded healers well maybe then we go to the second point which is finding a little part of you that feels okay and I did so much of this doing like the inner child work through therapy but being able to connect back to some part of you whether it's I don't know even your little toe in that moment that feels that feels okay or even if you kind of close your eyes and find like one bit of emotion that feels calm when you think about friends or family or whatever that is it's finding creating a little bit of safety for you in that moment and again acknowledging that you are safe you are okay and you can repeat that too like words are really powerful here I am safe I am okay yeah and I get that this might sound strange and it's like but this isn't fixing the problem that I'm overthinking about that isn't what we're trying to do this is about soothing in the moment. It's not trying to fix the problem. We're actually trying to get to a point where we can think clear enough to figure out even what the real problem is. And going inwards in that way is simply trying to get ourselves away from that threat state. And a way to do that is exactly that. What in me feels okay? What in me is already safe? And that can be a mantra again, of like, I'm Mm. safe, I'm okay, that's the self-touch. You have to try this enough times and just use every bit of strength. I've genuinely had it where I've calmed down doing... So if you were to look at, like, somatic work, this... We're talking about resourcing, right? You go inwards and you resource. You find something in you that's okay. Mm. Doesn't mean the trigger's not there. It means they're both there. Mm. The trigger and something that's okay. When you have something that's okay, that can take the trigger from a 10 to a 9. 
Yeah. And I'm only going from it. I'm aiming for 1%. That's all I'm aiming for. As you said, we're moving from that hot to that cold moment. But the tips we're giving you now isn't on how to heal your inner child (laughs) it's not on but it will over time of course this is soothing because no one taught you that i think that is so healing to go inwards and find something that it's it's like the parents saying but it's okay yeah it's okay i think it is really powerful for your inner child yeah these are incredibly powerful to do this is i think the problem that we have is people often looking for these huge tools and these huge strategies they want a quantum leap And in reality, this stuff is what heals the inner child. This soothing, this, oh, look, there's something in me that's okay Mm. and triggered. I think that's really healing. What would your next kind of tip be for that self-soothing in the moment? My next tip is to get a concept of time. So remember with abandonment wound, and I know that this is a big word and I don't think we've really used it too much across the podcast, but we are talking about trauma for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, in some way we've all experienced different traumas and abandonment wounds is highly linked to that. And when we're experiencing a trauma response, I think like one of the natural reactions we can have is that I'm stuck here. I'm going to be here forever. And you know, like if you feel sad or anxious, sometimes it can feel like things are never going to get better again. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's really important to just remind yourself like this is temporary. Yeah. This is absolutely going to pass. Even if you're experiencing a full rejection, heartbreak, look at people who go through heartbreak. It can feel like the end of the world. Mm. I'm never going to meet anyone again. I'm never going to be okay again. And we are okay again. Yeah. I always remember my sister saying when she's going through a breakup, tell me this isn't forever, tell me this isn't forever, I'll be okay, I'll be okay, won't I? Really? And it's that idea that she needed to hear, she needed to cling on to the fact that it would pass, that this feeling wasn't there forever. Yeah. I remember saying, that's so interesting, it's a heartbreak again. Two things that's the same as that. Number one, asking my friend about their experience of a breakup. Mm just to hear it, to check that it's going to be okay. And and I think I've shared this quite a few times before, but wanting, desperately wanting, and I know how impossible it is, but I almost, it's almost like I didn't think it was impossible at the time. Mm. I desperately wanted to be able to see one second into my future. Just like if I could just see one second into like a year from now. To know that you'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. You're going to be okay. Yeah. Like you are. Without this person, even if they rejected you, people get through so much so how in that moment then could you use time to anchor it just just that like this isn't this is going to part again Eckhart Tolle says like this too shall pass like this is going to pass and I think even like maybe I don't know if this could be triggering maybe it depends but I feel like looking at the time and seeing it passing Mm. and thinking about times where you know, you were waiting for a holiday and the holiday was a week away and you couldn't wait for the holiday, but you've already been on that holiday. So the time definitely passes. Yeah. Because you've the holiday's been and gone. Okay, so actually physically looking at time, using it as a mantra. Maybe time you, passes. Even looking back, seeing what challenges you've overcome. Yeah. When you've if you felt like this before, how you got over it, what happened. Yeah. And tomorrow's gonna come. Yeah. And probably tomorrow depending but probably tomorrow you can have a bit more information than you do now and you can go from there i love that so 
for me, the next big one is looking at how we can use the body. Yes. To regulate ourselves and bring ourselves down. And when we are looking at being in this kind of trauma response, our natural impulse can be to go to the brain where we try and think our way out of it. But actually, when we're really activated, we need to soothe the nervous system, which usually comes through using your body. So doing breathing exercises to kind of regulate, you know, even breathing out for five, pausing for three, breathing in for three. I think your out breath's got to be longer than your in breath, isn't it? To kind of calm yourself down or looking at um, whether it's exercise that helps or even just dancing about or doing some yoga or stretching or giving yourself a hug. You've got loads of um, somatic tools haven't you on your instagram and stuff where you hug yourself and you've got an amazing daily activation class in your membership gym where you will practically do the exercises with them this the thing is let's just say that we could do a whole podcast episode just on the body work right and i think that this is partly where it can be a bit confusing because say if someone now they're coming to us for one specific tip and we've said breath or dance Mm. you do have to find out what works for you Mm. and the best way to do that is to try these things that you've just said when you're not triggered when you're not activated and you're going to start to know what you like like taking a deep breath like you were saying it seems so simple and I think people sometimes don't like simple yeah they want that's what I mean they want the quantum leaps yeah that breath might be enough to stop you sending that one text it might be enough that you can just think a little bit clearer if you take that breath and you I don't know put your shoulders back those two together can just be a space Mm. to think a little bit clearer and it gets us out of our head yeah gotta get out of our head and what's that thing we're sighing letting out the breath that's a sign you're safe isn't it yeah so if you think of a time let's say you've just done your driver's test God, why have I gone back that far? But anyway, let's say you've just done a very traumatic time for somebody who failed five times. Oh my God, do you know what? The most traumatic thing, again, a side note, but this definitely needed Mm. self-soothing. It still does if I think about it. At the end of my driving less test where I passed, my driving instructor put his hand out to me and (laughs) I took his hand and then it turned out he was just reaching for the keys. (laughs) 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 I could still die just think. It's literally I have to self-soothe whenever I think about it. Well, obviously you needed a bit of comfort from him oh, in that moment, mate, it didn't was you? awful. But anyway, at the end of that, though, you take a sigh, right? You do that sigh of relief. Whatever it is that you've been worried about, at the end, we usually take that sigh. Like, if I thought there was a bear in this room and then there wasn't, I take that sigh. And yeah. it's just that immediate knowing of, <sighs> we're safe. You can calm down now, yeah. You can calm down now, we're mm. safe, we're good. I love a sigh. I'm such a sigher. Won't just sigh. But you know what? And this is the thing, and I know everyone will be thinking about mm. it, is to make that decision in the moment to sigh. Because mm. I actually do this with clients before we ever do like a visualisation meditation. I say, right, sigh it out, sigh it out, wiggle about, wiggle it, you know, like we do all this stuff. And so many people can't sigh. They can't release the breath. Because they're holding too much inside and to sigh it out feels awkward or feels uncomfortable. But, yeah. And, you know, actually, that's one of the reasons why... We're talking about when you're really triggered, let's Mm. say, like, 9 out of 10. One of the reasons I don't do counting is because 
it can make you focus on your breath, get confusing, frustration, yeah. frustrating. So I just kind of try to focus on compassionate breathing, which is just deeper, just deeper, slower breaths. You're more likely maybe if you're really triggered to remember that. And then the counting ones bet- when you're not triggered yeah. are amazing. But also you can get apps now where you so won't much. have to do the counting yourself. You can just literally just get the app. And you know, if you have, I think there's one called Flow or something. And it's just like it shows you to when to breathe in, when to breathe out. So on to your next tip then. Next tip is to connect with like something bigger. Mm. Again, because I know I sound like a broken record, to make the decision. So to have this kind of go-to list for yourself. But it might be connecting to something bigger in the sense of meditating, if that is possible when you're triggered. A motivational podcast, yeah, music that you can connect with, like basically creating that sense of something bigger than you, that sense of awe. Mm. That maybe that's a walk, although I think we're going to talk about that one a little mm. bit more. But just connecting with something that connects with you and makes you suddenly feel like I'm going to be okay. It doesn't have to be spiritual, doesn't have to be religious. I'm not saying that, Mm. but it's just something to know that I'm not on my own. What about connecting with friends? Connecting with friends. friends, Maybe like connection, connecting Mm. with friends, connecting with... It depends on your... I reckon this has just popped in. It's going to depend on how triggered you are. So am I so triggered that I can't... I'm, there's no way I'm in my soothed state, which means you're less likely to connect with friends. You're less likely to necessarily want to have like a calm, nice conversation. Mm-hmm. So maybe like listening to us in your ears can actually be really powerful. Yeah. Like I, I ge- and sometimes I just find that if I listen to a podcast on like manifesting or something, it can just connect me with this idea of like there's more to life, my goals, my dreams. Oh, it reminds you, doesn't it? Yeah. Of um, why you're here and kind of what you're going through. Yeah, maybe that's a better word, something to like help you to zoom out. Yeah. Okay, so we've got zooming out. And then you started to say it then, but one we both love, 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 hence why we did our retreat by water, is grounding in nature. Like using what already is there. And I love the thing you said about awe because I can't remember the stats on it, but I'll try and find them and put them in the show notes. People who are healthier and happier will connect to a moment of awe like every day. Did you watch the same podcast that I did? The Stephen Bartlett one? Yes. Yes, that so was good, it. Isn't it. Talking yes. about, um, but it's how, yeah, just connecting back to that moment of awe, even if it's you're on your everyday walk, but you see the shape of a tree and you yes. think, wow. So again, it's that idea of zooming out. It's using nature, which is incredibly grounding as it is, getting out in greenery. And we know that when you're activated, when you're triggered, that moment to like, have the space to get out of the house can be quite difficult so even if you just open a window yeah. like see what you're capable of but for many of you I know I know that like walks and think a walk mm. plus a podcast a walk just looking around if we think of like all of these tips our ultimate goal is just to come back to the moment when we kind of do this work it's not about getting rid of it and these tips as Kylie said over time will add up to something huge which is healing your inner child which is learning to regulate but we're just going for you to be okay even if it's for five minutes and then you go back to feeling anxious okay it's building the time that you feel okay 
over a period of time. I feel like we talked a lot about time this episode. Yeah, we did. Maybe that can be a... Well, I don't know what the whole episode would be. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know if you want it. We can consider it. <laughs> so, as always, we want to hear about how you're going to use this information to move forward. Yeah. What are you going to do? I'm actually going to take some of this and remember to just be more conscious in the moment rather than feeling like, oh my God, I've got to heal absolutely everything. I've got to do all this fucking shadow work. Sometimes it's enough just to resource and feel okay. I'm having to self-soothe right now because I need the toilet so much (laughs) (laughs) that I'm experiencing like pain. Okay, we'll let Carly go and we guys. Yeah. What a lovely (laughs) note to end on. Thanks for that. Right. We'll see you next week, as always. But please do share your thoughts. Please get in touch on Instagram. We love, love, love hearing from you. And any questions, you know, we want this to be a podcast for you. So feel free to write anything in and we can always create episodes around it.